deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin's dream. Hello, and welcome to the Shriekcast. I'm ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, uh, well, this is a very special occasion that we have here. Last week, we celebrated the release of the Harry Potter books. Great. And this, okay, um, I had, I didn't think my transition through here. <laughs> I was about to say, and I guess I am going to say, we're going to celebrate the release of Harry Potter himself. <laughs> but <laughs> Wait, that's great. Go with that. There, yeah. We're okay. going with it. That's what we're going with. I already said it. We're celebrating <laughs> the release of Harry Potter. Out, out he sprung. Um, uh, that's yesterday, a, that's wizard a- terminology. You get your, <laughs> you get your wizard, your wizard uh, or witch midwife, and and they say, you know, he's released. <laughs> out he goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, so this this would technically, I guess, like in in fiction, be uh harry's 38th birthday which i think is around where he would be in cursed child so we are officially in the cursed child timeline now it is canon it's happening we're here um uh what are your thoughts on on harry potter's dang birthday i assume now uh now that he has turned 38 he's probably receiving gifts i I wonder uh you know i'm I'm still not very familiar with cursed child but since harry has a birthday in all of the books uh, i wonder if he gets to have a birthday and because you know he's he's 38 i wonder if we we get kind of his uh you know what gifts he might receive on his 38th birthday in the play yeah i would imagine like I don't know. I imagine like a, a like Harry is already a pretty like Harry is a pretty boring guy. I would say right. Like mm-hmm. he's not. He's not. He's not. He his tastes are probably pretty pretty normy for wizards. I would say that he he's probably an gets like yeah. So he gets like I would say like Hermione would probably get him uh like. Uh, a Quidditch highlight reel. Well, I guess I was about to say DVD, but they wouldn't. No, <laughs> whatever. Like the wizard equivalent of like Blu-rays or DVDs are. Hermione would get him like, like top ten funniest Quidditch uh, uh, fails or something. You know, like one of those oh, like yeah. sports injury video compilations. Yeah, yeah. She probably ordered it from the the Wizarding Wireless or whatever it's called. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. Um, do, do you think there's like Wizard Jeff Bezos? Like, <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, I think that there's there's a wizard kind of kind of corollary to to a lot of really dumb things. So certainly. Well, actually, I mean, real Amazon runs on slave labor, and most sure. of the Wizarding world seems to as well. So maybe it's just like not a big deal, like. Yeah, you go to the like wizard Amazon factory and it's, you know, it's house elves. It's house obviously. elves and they're like, oh, I love, I love peeing in a bottle for master because I just love to make the deliveries go on time. They're really happy about it there. So they're never going to unionize. 
Yeah, I bet um I bet Dobby went off to work for Wizard Amazon after <laughs> oh wait, he died. I forgot. <laughs> I was gonna be like after because I was like, oh, there's probably no reason for him to stay at Hogwarts um after I mean, Mary you're left. Right. There's but, he has a higher calling. <laughs> uh he yeah, he faked his death to go to go work at um at Wizard Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what else would Harry get for his birthday? Um, well he's a cop, right? Oh yeah. Um, so I feel like, cause I was kind of coming up blank, like maybe he has like a, like a weapon hobby, but like wizards all have, you know, their weapon is their wand. So I'm not really sure what that would be. Maybe, maybe there's like, you can get like a scope for your wand. Can you get like an adjustable rail? Can you get like a front, a front stock for your, for your wand? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe there's like a, there's like a wand bayonet. Yeah, a wand silencer. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Ron gets him like, uh, like a like an or or uh, like thin blue line bumper sticker to put on his <laughs> to put on, on his, his broom, broomstick. his fi- yeah. his Firebolt seven thousand or whatever the fuck he yeah. has now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh he's he's got a lot of respect respect the cop stickers he's got like a punisher st- logo too he's really oh, into the sure. punisher yeah <laughs> um and other than that i mean i don't know I, I bet he he like doesn't uh he like says that he like doesn't you know oh i don't want to do anything for my birthday but like he expects a lot of stuff and just doesn't say it like he gets mad <laughs> he gets mad when like so like he harry lives in this like vicious cycle where he's like very boring and normal and he wishes someone would throw him like a surprise party but because he keeps on telling people that he doesn't want to do anything for his birthday he just like gets madder about it every year like this is really quite the character assassination we're doing of harry potter (laughs) this is hey what we're doing i think it's probably better than like cursed child Child, he like disowns his son he disowns his son for his birthday probably yeah (laughs) His, his his son makes him one of those like like coupons kids make for you know their parents or whatever on their birthday and it's like uh one uh welcoming back into the family coupon or something oh like. nice yeah uh well that'll be that'll be great it, it's a i'll take back your your gross old blanket dad for your birthday <laughs> Oh my god. What if that just gets passed back and forth every year? Like like that's the family tradition is that that on the son's birthday, Harry gives him the blanket and then on Harry's birthday, the son gives him the blanket back and it just passes back and forth forever and they like both <laughs> resent each other more and more every year. Wait, how about this? You know how sometimes uh like family members or close friends will get like matching tattoos? Oh yeah. Um, maybe one year for Harry's birthday, his son will will come home from school and he got a lightning bolt tattoo on his forehead. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah! <laughs> oh god. Well, it's also J.K. Rowling's birthday, is the thing, right? That's the. Yeah, yeah. It sure, it sure is. Because f- fun fact, Harry and, and J.K. Rowling have the same birthday. Uh, yeah. What a quinky kinda- dink. That's kind of cute, I guess. Um, uh, feel like shopping. Do you think shopping for Harry or JK would be easier for like gift giving? Um, I don't know. Like, I think that JK Rowling probably has more money 
than Harry. So I don't yeah. know. Cause like, I don't know. I mean, we've established on this podcast that I don't even know what they sell at Tiffany's and seeing is <laughs> so like, I feel like I'm not very qualified to, to shop for JK Rowling. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure what you'd get. Although, um, the nice thing is, you know, like when you have all the money in the world, I feel like, uh, more than ever i mean this is this is true always but like more than ever when you when you when you could literally buy another tree house and not worry about it um uh what really matters is the thought that goes into a gift right and yeah and i don't i don't think anything could be better than uh the gift uh one donald j trump or as i like to call him donald drumpf uh, <laughs> Yeah, like that one. Yeah, I did. I, I, I was, you yeah. really got him. Um, uh, he he got her the gift of a tweet. Uh, that that she could dunk on. Great. Uh, so so Donald Trump wrote, uh, "Collusion is not a crime, but that doesn't make it. Uh, that doesn't matter because there was no collusion except by crooked Hillary and the Democrats." So I was like, whatever. He tweets this like once a day, right? Like, sure. Yep. Like, yep. Is, I'm I'm but, bored even hearing it. Sure. <laughs> but uh, but J.K. Rowling uh screenshotted it which is new. i think this is new uh mm. new, new jk rowling tech well uh, well last time the tweet that she quote tweeted got deleted so i think she learned oh yeah learned her lesson there um but she 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 screenshotted it and then uh tweeted out a picture of the tweet with a quote from through the looking glass that goes contrera wise continual tweedledee if it was so, it might be, and if it were so, it would be. But as it isn't, it ain't. That's logic. Lewis Carroll through the Looking Glass. So first of all, thank you for reminding me that Lewis Carroll wrote the book that Tweedledee is in, because I I wouldn't have picked that up that it was a quote otherwise. <laughs> but but like this is getting to the point where when I was searching for like news reports to read uh, this week, um. If you if or at least for me, if you search J.K. Rowling in Google now, uh, J.K. Rowling Donald Trump tweet is the number one like autofill results. Hmm. So like this is just this is just her 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 thing now. Uh, it's it's very easy. It's very yeah easy. Uh, yeah. I I don't really I don't quite understand um the 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 tweet here um. Because when I first read it, like, I understand the most obvious part of it, which is, like, just because you say it so doesn't mean it's so. But is she also, like, making a comment about his, the, like, composition of his tweet as, like, it sounds like it's maybe part of a rhyme or some kind of prose? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure, because, like, if, you, if you're... If you're saying that, like, oh, Donald Trump is, like, a Lewis Carroll character, like, I mean... First of all, no, I don't think anyone in in the looking glass is that dumb, honestly. But like <laughs> second of all, uh Tweedledee is a weird one to to compare. Like, is, is okay. Is is she saying that he's Tweedledum and then she's taking the part of Tweedledee by quoting Tweedledee? I this is not her strongest dunk, I don't think. Hmm. Yeah, I just I'm just wondering if it works in multiple ways. And I'm just kind of picking up on the obvious one, because as we know, you know, 
everything means something. There's always a clue. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was just trying to trying to see if there's there's more going on here. But next year she'll reveal that the screenshot of the tweet is gay. <laughs> Yeah, if she knew how much we wanted that, she would have done it sooner. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday to Harry. Happy birthday to JK. I hope she got some quality time to relax in Treehouse number one or two, depending on how she was feeling. Um, and uh, and good job to to President Donald J. Trump for showing us how how thoughtful uh, gift giving can be more important than the amount of money you spend. On a yeah, present. yeah, it's way better than our gift to her, which which um, should have been a signed copy of uh, the PlayStation game Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> I okay. One day I would love because like J.K. Rowling seems to reply to pretty much anything. And I think we have not taken enough advantage of that. Uh, and I do think that we should ask her about the PlayStation games at some point. Yeah, because because her replies seem to be like a numbers game, right? It's it's not it's not really like what you say. It's just if she happened to to grace your grace your tweet. So I I feel like right. if we if we get that get our numbers up, uh, then then we've got a shot to hear what she might think. Cause she has you know, ga gaming opinions like us. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we know she has some gaming opinions. We know that she recommends wholeheartedly Minecraft. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to know, like in the years since she tweeted that, I wonder if her, her, her kids and her have moved on to my, um, to Fortnite. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. God, I hope so. Right. Like, like, I mean, so many celebrities keep tweeting about Fortnite. It's just a matter of time until she tweets like, uh, just, just got a f epic Fortnite victory royale with, with my kids, uh, YOLO and like posts a picture <sighs> of her doing the dance or something. I, I need, I need her to stream Fortnite with Ninja. Oh. I need that. Um, oh, it could so, be so a Ninja whole and event. Drake aren't friends anymore. So maybe JK Wait, Rowling. Yeah, really? uh, well, I mean, Ninja did say the N-word on stream. Uh, he had oh, a heated I, game. I sure missed that. Um, and then Drake stopped streaming with him. And then uh, after that, Ninja said that Drake used him for views. Um, uh, <laughs> and so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> Drake needs. Oh, I've got to. Oh, ooh, I'm not not connecting with enough of an audience here. Me, Drake, this independent, uh, independent solo artist. That's hilarious. Um, I totally missed that that gaming news. Um, yeah, welcome and to I, the Shrieking Shack, your source for uh, Drake and and streamer news. Well, well, I'm gonna bring it back because uh, clearly the next step is for is for Ninja to stream with J.K. Rowling, and it'll be like a weekend long event where they put the Elder Wand in for. Fortnite like they did with the the Thanos uh, oh they should uh, do that and then, whatever we'd the have, fuck. then we'd have to play Fortnite and then we'd be Fortnite streamers and that's how that's how we make make our millions yeah great I mean this this is the path that we walk um so Fortnite if you're listening then we, please put then the we, elder wand in the game and then we make friends with Drake and then we face <laughs> off against JK Rowling and Ninja 
Wow, we're really going places, huh? Oh, this is all this is all going according to plan. Great. Ah, uh, but until then, I guess I guess unless we have any more birthday wishes to hand out uh, to to these these lovely. Well, actually, we have a little bit of a forgotten birthday wish. Um, oh, that's right. I almost forgot. How fitting. <laughs> Um, and it's for Neville Longbottom, whose birthday is on the 30th of July, I think. I just looked it up and immediately forgot. So this is this all uh, is fitting that it's very forgotten. And I have to say that uh, in kind of noticing that it's Neville's birthday on the 30th and that this becomes like a huge plot point later on in the books. Uh, we've talked about this before, and it's about how Harry, for some reason, we never see him like do anything for his friends. Right. Does he not yeah. does he not know when Neville's birthday is? Because I don't think Harry knows when anyone's birthday <laughs> is. They live in the dorm like okay, so there aren't very many kids in Harry's year, right? He's in a dorm. It's him, it's Ron, it's Seamus and Yeah, Lone Roman. And Justin and Neville. That is not very many people to know their birthdays. Yeah. And Neville, whose birthday is Literally the day before his, I'm just surprised it doesn't come up until it is a big plot point. Um, but just, yeah, just saying, happy birthday I, to Neville. I uh, I forgot to mention this in, in our gift giving talk, but um, yeah, I, maybe maybe it's the other way around, and maybe no one gets Harry anything for his birthday because like he's literally never gotten anything. Like, has Harry is Hermione or Ron's birthday ever even mentioned? in the in the series i don't remember at all no not that i can remember um i know that i know that hermione's is in winter i think it's like a november or an october birthday but no it it doesn't come up at least in the first few books because i i have less of a memory of the of the later books so i i could be wrong about that but i don't think so yeah yeah i just harry Come on, it does. A little effort goes a long way with that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, happy birthday to Harry Potter, Neville Longbottom, and J.K. Rowling. Happy birthday. Shall we move on to our reading for this week? Sounds good. Um, So this week, we're starting with chapter nine, which is called Grim Defeat. Uh, And... If we remember from last week, we are we kind of ended on a cliffhanger. Sirius Black tried to break into the Gryffindor common room. So we we jump right back in and all the students from all the houses have been moved into the Great Hall with sleeping bags while the teachers are searching the castle for Sirius, if he's still there. They're there the whole night. Harry pretends to be asleep when Dumbledore and Snape come back into the hall after searching. They kind of they kind of talk a little bit about how they have searched everywhere and it seems like Sirius got out of the castle. But the important part that Harry overhears is that Snape thinks that someone from inside the castle is helping Sirius get in or or helping him in some way and Dumbledore says you know nope you know I have have complete confidence in all of the staff Harry wonders you know what's that what is that about and and I think Ron is also awake and hearing this later on we find out that Sir Cadogan is the new portrait guarding Gryffindor 
while hell yeah. hell yeah while the fat lady is getting restored or they're trying to to help her regain her confidence so that she can can come back but kind of uh part of that is that sir cadogan is taking his his duties very seriously so he's made he makes many passwords he changes them a lot and they're all really complicated Later on, McGonagall pulls Harry aside to tell Harry, she's, she's decided, she's like, I've got to tell you, Harry, I can't keep it a secret anymore. Sirius is after me. Harry's like, I already know. So that happens. Later on, we find out that Slytherin has pulled a little switcheroo on the Gryffindor Quidditch team. They were supposed to play Slytherin, but... They said that they couldn't play because Draco is too injured, but the Gryffindor Quidditch team all know that the real reason is because there's a huge storm and Slytherin doesn't want to play in the storm. So instead, they have to play against Hufflepuff. That's also when we get introduced for the first time to Cedric Diggory as being very handsome and the Hufflepuff seeker. I think it's Angelina that says that that Cedric is is very good looking. We don't actually see Cedric, but there's just kind of talk of him being the seeker. It's the day before the match and Harry is late to defense against the dark arts as he's running in. It's not Lupin there, it's Snape. And Snape is a huge jerk during the class and he gives gives the students an assignment about werewolves and it's just super mean to everyone and Lupin and is just mad and mad and nasty. I think we jump right back into the next morning and Harry kind of wakes up early because it's the, the Quidditch game and he's too nervous to go back to sleep and he's hearing the storm raging outside. As he's up before everyone else, he stops Crookshanks from trying to sneak into the, the boys' uh, dormitory and, and says, says to Crookshanks, like, I think you really do have something out for Scabbers. The Quidditch match happens and it's super stormy and there's lightning and it's horrible and Harry can't see. Hermione gives him a, casts a spell on his glasses so he can see through the rain. But unfortunately, he looks up through the storm and sees a big black dog in the bleachers. And then the next thing he knows is that the mentors are there and he's hearing, we finally get kind of the, the dialogue where he's actually hearing his his mom be killed while the Dementors are there. Next thing he knows, he's passing out and falling. He then wakes up in the hospital wing and finds out that the the Gryffindor team lost the game and his broom got smashed to pieces by the Whomping Willow. And that was very long, but that is the entire chapter. Um, the first thing... I, this is such a weird thing to remember, but um, the detail at the beginning of this chapter where Dumbledore conjures sleeping bags for everyone is such <laughs> a weird and funny image to me that, that has just stuck in my head ever since I read this book. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's like, I could see that because I think that I've had a, I had a similar thing. Like I was like, oh, I remember that. And I think it's described as like, squishy purple sleeping bags or something yes. and, and Dumbledore does quite a like impressive show of magic where he like pushes all the tables to the side conjures up sleeping bags for the entire school um, and I think that that's kind of like pretty resonant like imagery for a child to read right like that's so fun like something crazy is happening at, happening at the school and you're all stuck in a, in like like outside of your normal normal dorms having a big like weird sleepover yeah it's like it's like a big like having a bit a big old slumber party in the <laughs> castle like it's it, it, like that image it just 
was it was funny to reread that and go oh i remember this really vividly for some reason <laughs> yeah but it's also spooky because you know you're having a sleepover but you might get murdered hell yeah that's the best <laughs> kind of sleepover <laughs> you so never you... know it's... <laughs> yeah it's the murder mystery sleepover um hell yeah so what did you think of this chapter this is a quidditch chapter sort this of is, this is a quidditch chapter um i i think it i think it's really good i i think the scene aside from like just the the weird lingering memories of the um the sleeping bag stuff i think this is a really strong chapter and i like the scene where uh snape is trying to push dumbledore on on the serious thing because it's kind of the first time we've seen snape back off of something like mm -hmm. like like this is this is not snape at his at like you know top of the food chain anymore this is this is snape like dealing with his boss right and that's a much yeah. different version of snape uh -huh. um and it's it's interesting watching dumbledore being able to just kind of politely shut him down uh and and um see snape kind of retreat and and scowl a bit but like not not raise a fuss because like that's up until this point that's so un-snape like snape is the most intimidating character for harry um uh and just like seeing him kind of roll over for Dumbledore is kind of a an interesting scene. Yeah, yeah. And and I I really like the kind of the things that are coming out of that um cuz we're learning a little bit more about about Snape being suspicious or disagreeing with Dumbledore, but it's also his boss, but he's he's taking it out in his classes like that the scene where he's teaching um Lupin's class, he's nasty. He's horrible. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, um, and those those scenes are really fun to read, and he's and he's like loving it too. Like, uh huh. I think that's the, that's the part again. Like, like, he is being horrible and nasty, but it's still fun to read, and it's still really good character work because I enjoy I enjoy reading Snape enjoying himself. If that makes sense, like, uh huh. Yeah, like like like, like Snape is loving being able to lord over these kids after the bogart stuff happened uh and um and, and you know there's also the the just like the last chapters and how how good it was at um how, how good this book is at like weaving the mystery into the normal storytelling in ways that you're not it's not like front and center you know all the werewolf stuff is obviously going to come up later and he's he's clearly got an agenda here um specifically like oh you guys don't even recognize werewolves this is very interesting <laughs> and um i will say i i would take i'm curious about the the line i don't know whether it's supposed to be like just a like oh snape really does know something that most people don't or whether it is supposed to be him being wrong or and like just being an asshole or if it's just something jk made up or maybe she's right but the thing about kappas being more common in mongolia this is a very weird detail to pick on but like kappas are a japanese mythological creature yeah um, I, I actually have a little bit more information about that because ooh. um i think and and i guess i i think that like we know that snape is is objectively wrong here because in the fantastic beasts like textbook little thing the the entry about um about kappas there it said that they're they're most commonly found in japan and then in the like side in the margins where like the kids are writing there's something like like you know 
something to the effect of Lupin w- was was right. Snape is needs to read this again or something. Okay, I so I I like that little detail because that's just Snape either being wrong and just like being an asshole about it, or intentionally being a jerk <laughs> about it and and not caring. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, these these scenes are so fun, um, and I I feel like I mean there's a lot of Snape discourse, um, and it's really easy to kind of look back on the series and remember. I mean he he is he's the mean teacher, right? Um, but when like you look at like these individual things happening, like this isn't his normal, right? Like he he's a jackass and he's like kind of a like he's a mean teacher, but this is him going over the top yes yeah this is this is him i mean just like the um like the toad scene and the the like running to the staff room so he can lord over Lupin. <laughs> uh snape is being particularly extra in this book because like you know lupin is there and Sirius black is at large like he is he's uh, like either flexing or um you know nervous or angry like this is this is more snape than we've seen snape be in a long time i love it it's It's so good it's Uh, it's so good this is i have to mention this is the uh, the line the page 394 line is in this chapter yeah that everyone loves everyone goes crazy for this line I think that mostly became because of the movie because Absolutely. He yeah, says it like movie, three times in yeah, the movie. It has, it has way more emphasis in the film. It's a gr- like I haven't seen anything from the film in a long time, but I did rewatch that scene recently and it's so good. Like like I I, I understand like I still think Harry Potter fans are crazy and don't understand who, what actors are, but <laughs> I, I will say I kind of get it when I see that scene and go like, man, Alan Rickman is good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I definitely, when I read this, was expecting him to say page 394 at least three times. But it really uh-huh. is, it is just like kind of a nothing line. It, it's yeah. him It's him cutting someone off and, and not interested in what they have to say and just telling them what to do. Um, so I just felt like I had to mention that because it, it just comes up everywhere yeah. all the time in, in Harry Potter. Um, I will say this is also interesting... In the uh, Ron sticks up for Hermione here, and as far as we know, like they're still kind of on mm-hmm. like eggshells with each other, and so yeah. I, I like that. I like that Ron, when push comes to shove, he is still like in Hermione's, you know, like like on her side here. Um, yeah, it's really sweet, and I I, I think that again i i think that these books so far are still giving ron a really strong characterization when he when he does he does stuff like that and and like that to me reads as someone who has a lot of siblings and he's probably always fighting with his siblings but like when it comes down to it he he will stand up for what's right you know it's a you know the little fights don't matter yeah Um, exactly which i like to see from him there's another ron and snape thing here which there's a there's a running like minor thing in this book that i've been very much enjoying which is ron ron is starting ron is learning to cuss and hermione doesn't like it i had that highlighted i wanted to talk about that this is the line it said it's a dialogue line it says do you know what that and then it switches to parentheses he called snape something that made hermione say ron is making me do let let ron say fuck what ron, what did he let say? Ron say fuck let's let's talk about what it, what it probably was 
bastard. Um, bastard. Do you know what that bastard is making me do? Yeah, I'd say like bastard. Like, I mean, it, he, Ron is Ron is English, right? There's a lot of fun, fun, fun uh, insults you can you can hurl at Snape. There's uh, was it last chapter or the chapter before where we also got Ron calling Trelawney or someone some like like a word that made Hermione angry. Like, like this has been a running thing in this yes. book where, like, Ron gets, we don't know exactly what Ron said, but we know it's something rude that, that Hermione doesn't like. And that's, I, I really like that kind of running gag. Uh-huh. It's very funny. These, I, I think that, like, this book still is is feeling like the, the spookiest of all of them, but it's still, like, the humor is still there. Um, yes, definitely. Constantly. Um, so that's... That's very funny. And another thing here that is that is stunning to me is that I I kind of cared about Quidditch here and like the run up to Quidditch. Blasphemy. Um, uh, well, it, mainly because it starts with my favorite Quidditch like tangent, which is Professor McGonagall loves Quidditch so much that she's willing <laughs> to put Harry at risk. To risk like, Harry's life. <laughs> yeah um i mean yeah she she will she will uh find some extra supervision for him so that he can go out and practice because it's the only way they're gonna win the win the quidditch cup and she loves she loves that shit well she she says i'll have madam hooch watch your practices which i'm just imagining it like as far as mcgonagall and anyone else knows at this point uh uh serious black is like a mass shooter and so if, if he like showed up like oh, what's madame hooch gonna do fly around him like... yeah he did we we hear about it i guess we'll talk about it more because it's in the next chapter but we hear about his extremely fucked up like blowing up a street um i think uh, like looking ahead it's like described as just like everyone is just eviscerated so i don't know what madame hooch is gonna do she was she was a um world war one bomber though oh so. that's right <laughs> i forgot she's yeah. a, she's a troop so i i guess harry is in good hands she'd say sir <laughs> stand down sir <laughs> but yes I, I i do love that professor mcgonagall is like so easily like she called him into her office to tell him the bad news and it took like one like one plea for her to go hmm, okay like <laughs> she loves quidditch she loves it um and and the like oliver wood's characterization has has gotten really great in this book too he's he's always just sort of like hovered around but him here you know he, he's in his last year he desperately wants to win this he's like over correcting for this hufflepuff thing all that stuff is very cute and relatable <laughs> yeah um oh yeah and i forgot to mention that that that's why harry is late to late to defense against the dark arts because oliver wood is like following him around to talk yes. about strats between classes and like held him up really long um, yeah so that's all all pretty funny i um have always had i i feel like in past Quidditch games or Quidditch chapters, I felt like it didn't hit the mark of absurdity enough 
to the point where it just kind of felt stupid. I think that this chapter managed to to find that sweet spot of Quidditch being so absurd that it's funny again. Well, we get we get the um I don't know if it's at the end of this chapter at the beginning of the next one, but just like I'll, I'll bring it up here just cuz it, it it rounds out this Quidditch uh-huh. thing is I I like that that this is sort of accounting for the the very poorly thought out sports structure here because J.K. Rowling made a school sport where they apparently only play four games a year. Uh, yeah, it's like f- yeah. What's with that? <laughs> there's like no there's like no bracket system or any or 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 point system. But we do find out that um, the points that you get on top of the 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 snitch catch. Uh, or like the difference of is like spread matters like between games or something. So so that's at least a, a nice attempt to make that bizarre match structure make sense, which I kind of appreciate. Yeah, yeah, we get like the like we can only win if Ravenclaw beats Hufflepuff by a margin of a hundred points or or whatever going forward. I don't know how that helps for something like the World Cup, um, but <laughs> right, I, I don't I don't know. Maybe the World Cup should be like more like. At like a best of seven sort of situation um, yeah maybe 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 the actual like quidditch league like world league and like club teams maybe they actually do have brackets or something it's just funny the way that 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 hogwarts has a, a pretty long school year but they only apparently play like elimination games and that's it yeah um, i think that probably just comes from like I, I think we we established in like our early quidditch discussions that like all of this must have been written like before jk really got into like sports like like all this or or maybe or maybe it was just a concession of like well i can't write a full league into a story you know so it's just like a weird a weird holdover thing yeah it's i i like i'm so glad that the game's are not about the games anymore i guess that's what saves them because this obviously like this chapter it's it's the quidditch game doesn't really matter but also conversely the quidditch has more stakes because we have characters that care about winning the cup for real beyond just like we want to win because we like to win Um, right but this one you know adding oliver wood to this makes it so much better yes it does and and his his motivations but but for this we we get we get the we see the grim again and and also the horrible dementors i don't know why I'm not sure why the Dementors didn't. I don't know why they can't have a rematch. This seems a little, um, uh, I don't know. All that, all that talk. I think it happens in next chapter where they're like, "Oh, they won fair and square." It's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. That that's we'll, we'll get to that in the next chapter because there's a line of dialogue that I I like but is very also kind of contrived. Um, uh, but there's. There's still stuff like this is spooky in a way I completely forgot about the, the the line about like looking down and seeing 100 swirling dementors is horrifying. Ugh, like they're, they're horrible. Um, yeah. And, and the and the the dialogue that Harry hears that his his remembering his his mom being murdered is pretty horrific. It is scary. Yeah. yeah it's it's uh, it's graphic in a way I did not remember. Um mm-hmm uh and 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 like the you know him seeing Sirius in the stands and like thinking it's the grant like all that is very 
it's, and so and and that's the chain of events right like like is that because they, they you know they talk about how like oh like like the dementors probably saw a bunch of happy kids and they're frustrated so they went to the match but but it's probably because sirius was there right like like yeah was this yeah. A, was this a pursuit like that, i don't that's know kind of I'm, what... I'm a little unclear about that only because i think the dementors are supposed to not be able to sense sirius when he's in his dog form mm, um, but okay. maybe he was in human form and had had transformed back and so they were looking for him i don't know but uh, yeah because i i'd never quite i i'd never noticed that that was like an immediate transition between like he sees the dog and then sees the dementors beneath him uh and i and i wondered whether that was like a, oh maybe there's a maybe there's something more going on here like the dementors saw serious because i think that specifically the line he saw the dog and then he, he went back and the dog had disappeared but like I didn't take that take that as literal because I mean Sirius can transform. So if you just never notice the dog again, you know, like if Sirius yeah. like was sitting somewhere else and it was not the dog or or something like that could have been. I don't know. Like it's it's a cool scene and I like that there's um there's just so many like moving parts happening in this story yeah. and they're all like converging here in like really neat ways. Yeah, and I want to talk more about that because I I really like that. Harry is coming to his own conclusions in this book, but I feel like I should move on to the next chapter because that's really where we can kind of talk about that because that's where he kind of comes to his conclusion. Um, yeah, totally. Do you have any other like chapter nine thoughts that aren't? Uh, no, I, I don't think okay. so. Like there's, there's, there's so many good little details in here. I love, like I said, I love Oliver Wood, you know, overcorrecting and like worrying about this, this Hufflepuff match um i love uh uh snape's less yeah i'm i'm, I'm trying to think of like specific de- oh the crookshanks thing uh another just like a nice <laughs> a nice little a nice little scene nice little detail um like we know we know why crookshanks wants to get in there um and but but you know harry just thinks he's an annoying cat and 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 that's like just a nice little a nice little toss uh yeah oh i do i have one note here that i forgot to bring up it's it's it says dumbledore says he will have filch restore the portrait um Uh. that's a okay portrait restoration (laughs) is a lot of work without magic i'm just gonna gonna throw that out there and that seems a little cruel like get someone who can do magic to repair that thing don't make filch like learn how to do renaissance painting restoration maybe that's his his like hobby maybe he's a like we see him doing his like janitorial stuff but you know in his spare time he he restores he restores paintings oh that would be so great yeah filch is like into into art history and like knows how to restore a canvas okay i'm on board yeah (laughs) that is very funny i didn't notice that at all um but but yeah he'll he's he's hard at work on that um (laughs) i will go right into chapter 10 which is called the marauders map harry has to be in the hospital for the rest of the weekend i think and he gets a lot of visitors we kind of see just kind of everyone coming in and and having their reactions Ron and Hermione are there and, and, you know, visit him a lot. Oliver Wood shows up and, and is, says that it's not his fault, but is clearly very upset. He gets a card from Ginny. The, he kind of has, I guess this is the part where he does 
kind of come to his own conclusions about things that have ha- has happened. He, while he's in the hospital, he he is really worried about about the Grim, which he has kind of accepted might be a death omen, and and was and had to do with the Dementor showing up. He kind of uh, he had he I guess he he thinks that he's a little bit final destination um, in in this book, but he he feels like he he can't talk to Ron or Hermione about it, and then he also has realized that now that he has heard what he hears when the Dementors are nearby, he he has realized that it's his mom being murdered. On Monday, Draco has declared himself cured and is doing Dementor impressions at Harry and is just being just a kind of all-around dickhead. Back in Defense Against the Dark Arts, Lupin is is back. He doesn't look so great, but he's he's okay. He tells them that he that they don't have to do the essay about werewolves, that that was out of line of Snape and it was it was fine. After class, he kind of calls Harry back to talk to him and says that he's sorry about his broom and they have have a little talk. He also says that uh, he kind of drops the hint or I guess the clue that the Whomping Willow was planted when he was a first year at Hogwarts. He also talks to Harry about what he hears when the Dementors are nearby. And it's a very sweet scene where he talks about how, you know, anyone that has to hear that would, would fall off their broom and Harry's not weak and, and, and all of that. So, so that's pretty nice. He also kind of reluctantly agrees to teach Harry how to fight the Dementors, but it's going to have to wait until next term because he's busy and sick. It then we move on to Christmas time and Ron and Hermione have, have stayed behind with, with Harry, but it's also another Hogsmeade day. Harry is moping around the castle again because he can't go to Hogsmeade, but he hears, you know, someone calling him from around the corner and it's Fred and George. And this is where Fred and George give Harry the Marauders map and show him how to get to Hogsmeade through one of the, the secret tunnels. Harry decides that he will go and sneak to Hogsmeade. He goes through the tunnel and, and comes up in the cellar of um, uh, Honeydukes. And he hangs out with, with Ron and Hermione for a while. He gets a little bit of a scolding from Hermione, but she can't kind of come up with a good reason that they should turn in the map. They decide, because it's, it's cold, they'll go to the Three Broomsticks and get some butterbeer. But of course, as they sit down to have their drinks, in walk McGonagall, Hagrid, Flitwick, and the Minister of Magic. And... <laughs> So Harry like climbs under the table and Hermione floats a Christmas tree that I guess obscures them from from the from the teachers and the Minister of Magic. And then we get a scene where the Minister of Magic tells Madame Rosmerta, the proprietor of the 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 three broomsticks, all about how serious not only murdered those muggles, but was also Harry's godfather, and he had betrayed Lily and James and caused them to be murdered by revealing to Voldemort where they lived. And that's and also that Peter Pettigrew was their childhood friend. And that's the end of the chapter. Um okay, so I I definitely agree that it's silly that they couldn't do a rematch. But I will say I do appreciate the characterization of Cedric Diggory asking them to do it. Um, He's a good guy. Yeah, I think that's Edward from Twilight. (laughs) I think that's just like an important thing to plant for like him in the next book. You know, yes. 
like he, no, known known good guy like uh i i, I, I like completely that forgot that he is even named before goblet of fire same totally yeah i, I was i, I was I, surprised I, to see his name i had no idea yeah but he's in here and he's a good he's a good guy that's yeah, what we so know I, I liked that scene i liked i i i love oliver wood I, like the 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 description of him as as him very hollowly saying Harry he doesn't blame him at all like <laughs> I feel so bad for for Oliver Wood in this <laughs> in this situation like like of course it's not Harry's fault but like God poor poor Oliver uh, like I said I am I am kind of on board with the absurdity of Quidditch in these chapters. I do just want to say that they did have a bunch of children flying around on broomsticks in a thunderstorm with just one line that says, oh, well, Quidditch isn't called off for a trifle like a storm. Why? Yeah. Why not? (laughs) Yeah, that's a little weird. And also the, the... I guess like the 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 way that this is treated is like unprecedented. Like, oh my god, someone fell off their broom. I would think that that would be a pretty common injury in Quidditch, right? Like, it's a stick. It's a, <laughs> it's a stick going a hundred miles an hour. Like, like surely people have fall you know fallen from worse heights. I I I found that a little strange. Yeah, I I, I think I'm pretty close to just kind of being on board and and just kind of but it is a little bit a little bit silly i guess i think they should have called off the match probably in the in the horrible storm i remember like i i have a younger brother that would have soccer games and they would just get rained out sometimes but i guess that doesn't happen in quidditch (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh it rained so it's like a little bit too too fucked up but no we're gonna put we're gonna put children on broomsticks you know 100 feet in the air <laughs> during a violent thunderstorm as you do it builds character you know and, and I, yeah and when harry wakes up i i didn't mention this i think it was last chapter i think it's angelina that's like we thought you died yeah no yeah <laughs> um yeah, like, yeah, he fell fifty feet or whatever. So, uh, the the other thing that's a little funny about that, I guess, is that in the la- last time Harry fell off his broom, uh, someone sucked all the bones out of his arm. So, <laughs> like, b- bizarre extreme injuries are not not uncommon in Quidditch, but but people are acting like this is a big deal. I mean, it, it's whatever. It, it works for the scene, but the fact that they were playing the game at all the fact that this is like treated as a surprise it is a little odd i will say mm-hmm. um uh Ginny watch uh we get some oh, we get yeah. some Ginny content in this chapter um i i'm will dutifully report on on all of it um while he's in the hospital we get this line Ginny weasley blush blushing furiously turned up with a get well card she made herself which sang shrilly unless harry kept it shut under his bowl of fruit i'm glad harry has a bowl of fruit in the hospital <laughs> yeah just just a nice thing to have i mean i guess it's better than like hospital slop food right but yeah but, um i was surprised by that and i actually kind of I'm wondering if this is just like a one-off or whether I really am going to have to eat my words on the whole, like Ginny and Harry came out of nowhere thing. Um, But yeah, I mean, she definitely has a crush on him. It's still very much reading like, you know, friend's little sister has a crush on me. Yeah. And it's, and it kind of annoys me because 
you know, I get because like at, at this point, everything that's happened out of that has been Harry being embarrassed in the hallway after like getting a singing Valentine and then this being something that, you know, sings at him until he like keeps it shut. Um, <laughs> right. Yes. So I, I guess that's our edition of Ginny Watch for this this week. How about Draco Watch? He is such a dick. I love it. He's so fun. He's he he has turned around as a character for me. Um, <laughs> totally. Like now that he's not a Nazi, uh, it's a lot more uh, enjoyable to see him just kind of be a jerk to Harry. Yeah, he's he's like he is the the school bully, and it's it's really very funny. His his sudden his miraculous healing after he he after the Gryffindors lose lose at Quidditch and he's, uh-huh. he's just so dramatic and it's it's good. Um so f- props to props to Draco for for downgrading to just a regular like regular asshole bully. instead of yeah instead of like a genocidal maniac <laughs> that, that wants to kill Hermione um yeah I love all of Harry's like the the conclusions that Harry draws from everything that's happened like I am so glad that he is thinking about things in this book he he feels like isolated from his friends because he can't talk to them about the grim because he feels like Hermione will just scoff and Ron will panic. I think that's like one of my favorite lines in these chapters. Um mm-hmm. that, he's that not he, wrong either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how they and and he's like like well, am I just going to keep seeing the grim until I die? Um he he's feeling embarrassed and and vulnerable because he reacts so strongly to the dementors even even though he has put it together what he's hearing. Um, and, and I, I just really feel for him throughout this, this whole book, really. And it's interesting how, like, like, obviously this is traumatic for him, but I will also say that he, like, I can't quite grok whether it's like, kind of like a grim finality or, or like maturity that he's accepted that that's what it is. Like he's very not, um, he's not like melodramatic or, or like, uh, like distraught over this. Right. He's like, almost like, accept- like the, the, there's, there's also that line about how he's had like two fatal act or like near fatal accidents this year. And he's like remarkably calm and, kind of just kind of glum about it in a way that's very interesting like it's a very um he has like a very uh like defeatist but but um mature attitude for a 13 year old i think guess i'll die (laughs) very relatable honestly that's that's harry Harry in this yeah uh yeah he i don't know i i kind of wish that it is I was going to say I wish that he had said something to Lupin about the Grimm because we we immediately go to a scene which is again one of my favorites Lupin continues to be just like the best character he is such a like breath of fresh air in this story as being just like a good adult mm-hmm. um, where Harry goes and talks to him about hearing his his mom be murdered when he's near a Dementor and and Lupin is so good he's so sweet he's he 
says like the best possible thing which is you know it's it's not weakness you have trauma like (laughs) like that that is uh, like sums up what lupin says and that it it, i guess harry couldn't have said to lupin hey i'm also seeing a death omen right because lupin would immediately know what that is yeah i think that maybe that's gotta i swear that comes up at some point but I, i i don't know whether it's yet or whether whether they only really cross paths at the end as characters um i i really love lupin and harry's scene here there's one thing i think that stuck out that kind of bugged me Hmm. um and it is i i i love so so it's like like it's like a, a, a a checkpointed list right like a one i love um I love the description of Azkaban and how fucked up it is and how <laughs> Lupin clearly thinks it's fucked up. Uh, um, I like that this is for all of the uh, things that JK has claimed that things in her book are metaphors for, which they clearly aren't. Uh, Dementors feel like a pretty on the nose, like, like representation of like depression, right? Like, mm-hmm. and uh so I really appreciate that, except for the part where, you know, when it's talking about how, like, you know, you retreat into yourself and you lose all happy feelings and then you become evil like them. That was the part where I was like, I don't know if you become evil, really, when you have no, like, when you, when you have no happy <laughs> feelings. You're just sad and nothing can help. That yeah. bothered me a little bit. E- evil was a strong that that just kind of sticks out in the same way that like you know jk clearly likes the the role doll like if you think ugly thoughts you'll be ugly on the outside thing like like being sad doesn't make you evil or like being sad doesn't make you incapable of of doing good you know yeah i mean i guess the dementors also are, are a bit like you spend you spend 30 seconds with them and you're depressed but if you spend a week with them you're insane i because because that's the other thing like when when they when we get that like scary description of azkaban it's yes. like you lose you lose your damn mind in there um, yeah and i and i take and i guess i like i read that more literally than just like i because I, I think like later on in the books we get literal examples of that right bella has like, has gone yeah, insane um yeah but i think she was probably already evil before she she was <laughs> right in there before she went to azkaban yeah <laughs> yeah i think i think if you i mean you know maybe I, I guess they did send haggard there for like suspicion of f- what like knowing how a door opened so maybe maybe you don't go to azkaban uh for for like heinous crimes but I, I guess like most of the time if you're at azkaban so far it seems like in harry potter you probably did or people think you did something pretty horrific so you're probably yeah. evil before you got there yeah although like in in the the united states uh wizarding world they sure send you the to the death chamber with very little uh uh yeah no paperwork no yeah so no maybe they just, just send a, you right there so it might just be like sorry you're going to azkaban there's no there's no kind of in between here. yeah i guess one 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 episode we're gonna have to dig into the extended writing on pottermore about azkaban and how bonkers it is uh because the the supplemental writing on azkaban that came <laughs> later is a trip for sure 
Yes, yes, it is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the Dementors are kind of a little bit of a, they, they kind of, it is in some ways a very on-the-nose metaphor that, that J.K. Rowling has said, you know, Dementors are depression, but it definitely kind of takes on some other other stuff yeah. and mix, mixes some some extra I think it's a really good. There. I, I love this scene, and I love I love this description. It's it's just specifically the the evil part where I was like, okay, let's walk that back like a little a notch, like you know. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, I guess other than I'm tr- I'm thinking past the the Lupin scene here because I guess the other major thing, yeah, like Harry gets the Marauders map. Everyone likes the Marauders map. This is a good scene. Uh, I, this is the most humanizing scene Fred and George have gotten for sure. Yeah, they're not torturing um, any animals. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 cute. I I described this to you when we were chatting earlier before the show about how like obviously this can't be where J.K. got the inspiration for it, but and and I don't also don't mean this as a criticism like I did in Chamber of Secrets, but this has such a like video game tutorial cutscene <laughs> vibe to it in a way where i think i wonder if it's almost backwards like someone at bioware was like oh we need to find a way to introduce the you know this mechanic what's a good thing to read to make that sound natural oh i know this harry potter scene because it's literally them like giving harry an item and explaining how to use it in a like in universe story way you know it's 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 it just has that vibe to me now yeah it's good i like it um yeah i can totally see that and you know they go through and they're like there are tons tons of ways to get in and out to hogsmeade except for these two are caved in and these three filch knows about so this is the only one that you can take to trigger the cutscene. You'll unlock these ones if you collect 50 gumdrops or whatever the fuck. Once you're strong enough to fight Filch, you can go through these two. <laughs> once you once you have the, the boulder moving perk, you can go through the caved in ones. <laughs> um, I uh, the thing that this is another example of where the movie has has like pasted over my understanding of the map because I was surprised to see the scene where Harry's trying to figure out how to go through the tunnel. And there's like a stick figure version of him that shows how to open up the passage. I'm, I always picture kind of the, the just like footprints with, mm-hmm. with scrolls. Um, so should we talk about plot holes just like a little bit here? Sure. This is I think this is probably the best place to put this, right? Like Yeah. Uh one of the biggest biggest things, the biggest gotcha cinemasins moments of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban is why didn't Fred and George see that Peter Pettigrew was sleeping in Ron's bed with him and think that was weird or report it or basically why didn't anyone see Peter Pettigrew on the map until mm-hmm. now? What do you think of that as a as a plot hole? I think it's a valid question to ask. I don't think that it is worth getting up in arms about. It's 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 one of those those things that's like I put that on the level of like how come there are only six people in every town in Pokemon kind of thing, <laughs> you know, where it's like it's a fun question to ask, but it ultimately doesn't have any material benefit to the plot you know because 
there are so many uh, like like it, it's a question that presumes that they are going to be using the map to look at the dorms in great detail at any point in their life and i think that it is just as reasonable to say why the fuck would they when they have this cool map why would they go and like let's go check out who's in the dorms why would they ever do that yeah i that's kind of where i land on it i also just agree with what you said where i just don't think it like materially matters to what happens in this story um i also think that um like like you said like why are there only six people in a a pokemon town i kind of feel that way about the map in that like hogwarts is huge um functionally we only see like a very small part of it and especially Mm -hmm. when you're making a movie prop you're gonna make a map look pretty small but like aren't there supposed to be like 300 staircases in this castle right hogwarts is like a fucking castle and on top of that it's like a magic castle uh so i would imagine i mean this is this is i will say this is kind of a funny thing to think about in an age where we now all have maps on our smartphones Mm -hmm. um uh thinking about like uh, like clearly the marauders map is like a big piece of parchment that you unfold i i do wonder like if there's a more efficient way to like visually portray it as like you kind of tap and scroll and zoom and maybe that's why they never they never saw you know because they have to, they're never zooming in on the dorms with their wand or whatever yeah I, and like also I, I like functionally speaking like there aren't very many students at hogwarts that we know that are named but like fred and george are, are a few like years older than than ron and unless they're big big news junkies I, I think that it would be pretty reasonable that they might not know the names of every student in the school. Right. They might just think like, oh, Peter Pettigrew, isn't he that must first be, year? Must you know? be in school with with in Ron's year or whatever. Yeah. So totally. I just don't even think that it really works very well as a plot hole. Like, I, I think that like it coming up later and Harry seeing Peter Pettigrew on the map or whatever happens makes sense because it's something that's on his mind. Yeah. And he's in the dorm in that part, right? Like, I th- yeah, I can't he's really looking remember, at but where he is or something. But yeah, I, I think it, like it's a totally fair question to ask. It's on, it's on the same level of like any kind of dumb question that we ask on this podcast as a half joke. But like, ultimately, if I don't think that should, that's a good sticking point, you know? Like, it's, it is a, it is a funny question to bring up. Uh, it is not. It is not a a a like plot destroying problem. Uh, yeah. It is it is it is answered. It is a, it is a speculative question that can be answered with equally speculative answers, and therefore it's just sort of circular. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's not like well, an airtight like wait, they should have seen this. It's like why didn't they? And it's like well, you can think of any fictional lampshade for that you like. So it's not it's not exactly a a kill shot yeah well we we have kill shot that plot hole so i guess we'll we'll lay that to rest yes um but i figured we'd mention it because it comes up yeah absolutely. one one million times a day on <laughs> on the subreddit um so let's see so he got the map and he's going to hogsmeade um i like the scene where hermione wants him to turn in the map she's also right uh Mm-hmm. right and wrong in the way that she 
has been this whole book, which I appreciate. Um, yes. All of the candy it, at Honey Duke sounds horrible. I don't want any of it. It's horrific. Um, I will say I do love the the acknowledgement that all of the weird, dumb shit that she's come up with for candy names is is unusual. I'm I'm glad that there it's at least unusual tastes and special effects are sections in the candy store, and it's not just like oh wizards just like eating cockroaches and blood. Like, well, like but there, okay, but there's also I swear to God, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is an unusual taste, but there was another one, and it's like ice mice, and it makes your teeth chatter and squeak, and that is the most horrific thing I can oh, think of. Oh, I all hate of those that. Are, oh, there's I the one I hated was the the peppermint frogs that jump around in your stomach or whatever yeah, like no, no fucking thank <laughs> you can i just get a piece of chocolate please <laughs> gonna have to ask lupin for that and maybe he'll show you a zippo trick while you're there <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it is it is it is cute i like that um uh i also like that that ron uh, the 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 scene where ron and hermione are like one it's cute that they are are picking stuff out for harry um uh-huh. which so far again we've never <laughs> seen harry do we've never seen harry do it for any of them um so they're very patient friends i guess uh but also i love the the way harry slides into that conversation it's just very very charming yeah you know he he was so ready like that is that's like the coolest thing you can do as a kid. You're like, oh, I'm yeah. just gonna, I'm just gonna drop in to this conversation um, and startle my friends, and mm-hmm. so that, so that was, it's very charming. I like him so much more in this book than I have so far. He's I a like, character now. He, he is. Uh, he's a character that doesn't get his friends gifts, but he's still. <laughs> he's still doing stuff actually while i'm talking about harry being a character we did have a tiny little return to chamber of secrets harry and i'm i'm sorry i'm i'm like gonna bring this up and i don't even know if this is a nitpick as much as i just want to hear your thoughts about it there's a line when he gets the marauder's map and he's trying to decide if he's gonna go and sneak through the tunnel and he kind of kind of weighs his options and he and then it says then quite suddenly as though following orders he rolled up the map stuffed inside his robes and hurried to the door of the classroom (laughs) yeah yeah that that one i i here's the thing i uh remember based on that line actually um there are those fascinating and we we definitely need to get one of these and and make some some content with those like harry potter theories books that came out in between uh one of one of the theories uh pointed to that line in particular um and and a couple of others in chamber of secrets and was like is harry being mind controlled by voldemort or another character or or something that was that was one i remember why uh, would voldemort mind control him to go to honey dukes i know i yeah (laughs) like 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 go get some ice mice harry but someone someone had had like noticed and you know had written in this book like hey and you know chamber of secrets he says or it says that like he did it without thinking without even knowing why and then in this it's like oh he's following orders and 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 they're like this is repeated use of this of this description so we're clearly supposed to be thinking about it see i think it's a very weird description i'm going to uh posit that it is a a kind of bizarre quirk of of uh jk rowling's writing and by that i mean i think 
that what this is trying to get across is him making an impulsive decision, right? Like, like this is a, this is a, a a relatable and, and a thing that happens where, you know, you are trying to decide you're, you're worried about doing something. It feels like maybe you shouldn't, but there is a point where you're like, I'm not going to consider this anymore. I'm just going to do it. And I feel like it's much more common to communicate that as being like a kind of jumping, you know, uh, like into the deep end or like right or it, like impulsively doing something or just taking a deep breath and and you know taking the plunge or Pulling whatever it is like yeah. yeah like like there are so many like ways that that idea gets across yeah i feel like this is a a, a quirk of her writing that to me it doesn't communicate that but i think that's what it's supposed to communicate i agree i i i I think it's just a kind of clumsy way because the thing is like it, it it communicates the uh the thoughtlessness and mm-hmm. like the impulse but it doesn't communicate the uh speed of the decision you know mm-hmm. or or like where it's coming from like because it's an internal decision and like order makes it sound external and blah 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 it's it's I I I think you're right I think it's just like a kind of a weird a weird metaphor yeah um it reminded me of chamber of secrets i don't i don't know like it's it's possible that this is just something that like something that she naturally like tries to do or 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 put into these sorts of things happening and then has kind of backed off of that, but it still comes through sometimes. But that, that <laughs> line did stick out to me. I was like, it, is that Chamber of Secrets, Harry? Is he back? I mean, um, fo- following orders is is basically a a simile for, or, or basically a synonym for, like, not thinking, right? And so I I, I think that's probably just where, it's just a, a, an awkward way of saying he did something without thinking about it. Yeah. Yep. I agree um so then they go to the three yeah. broomsticks uh or this or, sorry. scene is really something yeah i will say okay i still enjoyed this and and i the emotion of what happens here is very strong uh i think the this is on par with the Chamber of Secrets clusterfuck of a farce scene where everyone piles into Hagrid's <laughs> hut to talk about the plot. <laughs> it's the same scene. Uh, it is. Um, and maybe even more ridiculous here. Um, but I I will back up and say, one, um, I think ron having a crush on madame rosmerta is really funny and cute it's so funny the the description of her as being a uh, harry describes her as like a sort of curvy looking woman with a pretty face yeah made me laugh <laughs> that's 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 like yeah that's a good and that, i i that's also a very hairy description too i think like mm-hmm. like that's that's a like a moment where it's like oh right this book is from harry's perspective that's what he would notice like um <laughs> so i thought that was funny um but yes this is 100 percent uh just the same scene but in even more excruciating detail uh is, where is fudge just bored and he just goes around just randomly with people like, he's the minister of magic and yeah, so far I, we've seen him uh arresting hagrid 
um picking up harry at Diagon Alley, (laughs) and now he is in a pub which is fine with the hogwarts teachers and monologues to the waitress about an ongoing investigation ongoing investigation i i can't tell if it's supposed to be a joke like i know that he's i know that he's supposed to be like like pretty incompetent and kind of just like the the buffoon politician character yeah i cannot tell if this was like is he supposed to come off as a sleazeball who is just like spinning a story yeah i i don't know what to get from this and i think that might be the intention and i only say that because i i hate the way he tells this story it's so flowery and smarmy and i think that that might be the intention is that we're supposed to pick up that maybe this is like partially fabricated or is like being you know fluffed up and made more in like scandalous sounding or something because because otherwise i think this is badly written like if it's not intentionally made to make me think that fudge is like an incompetent blowhard then it's just sort of it's so purple crazy and long and unnecessarily detailed that like if if it if i if i'm not supposed to hate him after reading this then it's a problem you know yeah i think we are supposed to i think that um he's supposed to come off as sleazy what i don't quite understand is why hagrid and mcgonagall and flitwick are all just going along with it <laughs> they're just there like just kicking a few back and it's so like like the 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 premise, the very premise of this is absurd. This is like if, like, Bill Clinton went down to a bar and just started <laughs> telling everyone there about the OJ trial or something. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, just imagine, like, oh, hey, uh, can you pour, I, I want, I want whiskey on the rocks and I just got to tell somebody, but, you know, they found blood in the Bronco. And I just don't know if, if, if you know, if OJ's innocent, you know, they found the glove, they found a knife. And now there's blood in his dang car. Like, you know, keep it under wraps, <laughs> but I think this guy might have killed his wife. Like, it's just, like, it's so absurd. It's so fucking crazy. And I, okay, so, and also from this scene, I'm, I feel like I'm supposed to think that McGonagall, Flitwick, and Hagrid all, all know all of this already, right? They, they know what, like, the details of everything that Fudge is saying but they're getting really into the story. But is it not public knowledge? Like, that's the part that I'm confused about. It's, yeah, because uh, in the newspaper, we know that, uh, we know that, that like, people know that Sirius blew up a street or whatever. Uh, like, that was in that news article. So I, I can't imagine that that's, like, uh unheard of like like the i think the new detail we're supposed to get is oh Sirius black was harry potter's godfather um but like the rest of it doesn't seem all that like damn we better keep this under lock and key you know yeah also the the fact that rosmerda has to be so dumb for this scene to work yeah god i is also yeah. really something because she because she's described several times as being like 
she's so into the story. She's like breathless. She's so excited. She's just like, she is wrapped attention. Can't believe I, it. And I just like, am, I just have this image. He's like, it's the fucking minister of magic telling this like insane story to like the hot, dumb waitress. So, so, and that was the other thing I didn't quite understand was that, that, um, until she says like, oh, I knew Sirius when he was a boy. I was like, I had just sort of pictured her as like, 20 something waitress not uh-huh. uh yeah. not like the proprietor uh and like apparently at least like like does she mean that she remembers him from when they were both at school and she's like in her early 30s or does she mean i've been running the three broomsticks for a fucking billion years <sighs> and like i i didn't quite understand that i have no idea i will um to tell you something that is completely unrelated to any of this other than it being about Madame Rose Murda, because at some point, like as a teen, I got my wires crossed and for some reason have just, do you remember the, the bar in um, Twilight Princess? Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, I know I, where this is going. Yeah. I, ha- I have somehow like this scene really caught me off guard because at some point in my history, I have gotten my brain wires crossed and have just like taken the lady that is behind the bar from Twilight Princess and just pasted her <laughs> onto Madame Rosmerda. Um, oh so, my god! I mean, that is a great character. Like, yeah, absolutely. Sure, I, I love her. Um, but it, I have to say that, like, when reading this scene, and then I'm like, oh wait, that's not kind of the the vibe here. Um, but I still picture. picture I don't. That. Yeah, I don't understand the vibe because if. If if we're supposed to see Rosmerta as like the the like wizened proprietor or whatever, then it's weird that she behaves like this. And it sort of makes sense, I guess, a little bit more if we're if she's like young and clueless. But then it just makes the rest of the scene look fucking bizarre <laughs> because then all the teachers are just sitting there watching the f- leader of the country uh talking to like a hooters waitress like i don't understand yeah i guess like that's the thing is like i my perception of what's going on here and like what i'm supposed to understand about this changes like rapid fire as this scene goes on because it's like starts with ron having a crush on like the cute waitress and then but then she's also the the owner of the bar and then now is like the the breathless like hearing this story for the first time from the president um so i don't really know what i'm supposed to supposed to pick up this, i'm not i'm not p- picking up what what jk rowling's putting down I feel here like this might have worked better if it was the latter and she was just like kind of like stereotypical ditzy blonde waitress and like cornelius fudge was just like a sad old man hitting on her on okay his own but then the why would mcgonagall and hagrid also just be like what well like, no i'm I saying like they shouldn't be this. there i'm saying they should not be in this scene oh, because them, oh, being there, okay. yeah, them being there makes it fucking absurd if, if it was just a scene where like oh why the hell is that guy here and he's just like mumbling the story to a waitress like that would make a little bit more sense, I think, and and fit with what we know of Fudge. Whereas here, it's just like, why are they putting up with this? Like, why are they here? 
<laughs> I I do think that like for however insane and contrived this scene is, I do like all of the teachers like reactions. Like I like to see that like how they feel about the things that happened. It's so contrived and absurd, but I like to see like Hagrid. He he at some point yells like he's so upset. He's like 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 he can't believe that he comforted Sirius Black after James and Lily died and he didn't know that Sirius had done it. Like, I like that we get to see that reaction. I don't... Was there no other way? Was there no other way for this scene to happen? Because... To just it's... do the Hagrid Hut scene again? <laughs> yeah, I I think this is one of those cases where I think the movie version does this so much better. Like... In in the movie, it's like a almost a throwaway a conversation that he overhears walking past. Yeah, like, yep. Like he just hears the key part that like, oh, Sirius was Harry's godfather and betrayed his family. Like, like he hears the important part and that's enough. Whereas here we get like Fudge Fudge writing an entire fucking blog post about it. Like, <laughs> it, it's, it's weird. I I. I don't know how old Rosemary is supposed to be. I don't understand uh, why Fudge is hanging out with the teachers. I don't understand why the teachers have no input into the the story. I mean, like, I like their reactions. I think they're good, but I'm surprised that they have nothing to add or 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 to even like question Fudge on and like why Fudge is just like hello character who's just been invented i will tell you the plot like it like it's it's very weird yeah i i like again i think that it's sometimes a little like i don't always like to do this like offer an alternative of how this could have gone and maybe this is closer to how the movie did it but i don't understand why fudge had to be there at all and i don't know why it couldn't have been the teachers we had just had a scene with mcgonagall finally like breaking down and telling harry like sirius is after after you this could have been a scene of mcgonagall talking to her co-workers about how difficult it is dealing with right. harry while all this is going on and then revealing all that other information because this is like she doesn't she's uncertain of like what she should tell him or like like you know now that they've met him like how how hard this is and he doesn't yeah. know and that's really upsetting um so yeah, that's it, some, that could have been a little or like less. her thoughts on lupin right like like the teacher's sort of dishing on lupin or whatever and then like giving him that connection i don't know like there, there's a lot of ways that this could i feel like there's probably a lot of ways that this could have felt slightly less like an assassin's creed eavesdropping mission but like, <laughs> yeah well we had to know. we had to get the, the map and then we had to you know go through the tunnel um and then do our do our eavesdropping mission in hogsmeade yeah yeah i yeah it's just the, the the longer i think about the the like just even the basic premise of like here's the leader of the free wizard world just like telling a waitress about an ongoing like crime investigation is just it's it's so funny like yeah like just there's there's so many I feel like there's so many other alternatives and maybe I'm wrong. I am not a published author, but it, it just, it definitely does come across as, as a strange, uh, like, just like, uh, like Obama telling, telling <laughs> like 
I don't know, a cab driver about how Martin Shkreli bought the new Wu-Tang and like won't give it to anyone. <laughs> like, like, it's just like, like, why are you, why are, why is this the conversation that's happening? <laughs> uh, yeah. I also, but why is Rose, if, also if, if Rose murder, murder is really that like naive and like, like basic, why isn't her reaction? Holy fucking shit. The president's here. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, it's very, uh, not a big deal. Um, it, but also is he he is flirting with her right i that was my impression yes i okay i i, I, I again like i was saying like i feel like if i'm not supposed to think that then it's failed because he just comes off as such a sleaze in this scene like he's like retelling this story in like the goriest and like most scandalous way possible to make it seem dangerous and cool to her like i i definitely got that vibe yeah um i do i want to point out and i think this might this term and this might be the first and last time we ever see this this term come up and it is when hagrid is going on his tirade about how he he should have gone after sirius black and fudge says like no or maybe it's mcgonagall i can't remember somebody says no hagrid like he he killed 13 people he's a super strong dark wizard and then he and then they say only a trained hit wizard from the ministry the (laughs) ministry what (laughs) yeah um i feel like that's just gotta be like a i hadn't come up with aura yet right a hit wizard okay okay i think of like a private like like assassin right like (laughs) yes yes uh so i don't know i think that's probably the only time that this ever comes up and maybe this is maybe i can't this is my problem is i can't remember who said it i don't know if it was fudge or mcgonagall yeah i feel like both of them would know the real word right (laughs) like like hit wizard seems like something hagrid would say and then someone would correct him and say like like horror or something like it's fudge that says it Oh wait, Fudge says it? Okay, he says, that he makes says, it even he, fucking wilder. He says, you don't know what you're talking about, Hagrid, said Fudge sharply. Nobody but trained hit wizards from the magical law enforcement squad would have stood a chance against Black. <laughs> okay, no, I have a new theory. Hit wizards are martial artists. Hit wizards... <laughs> hit wizards oh, are wait, wait, this is great! That's awesome! Yeah. That's badass! <laughs> a hit wizard is like just someone who's really fucking good at kung fu. Ah, uh, unarmed wizard bonus. Oh fuck yeah! He's like a mo- he rolled a monk, and that makes you a hit wizard. Like so, this is like the equivalent of if Fudge had said like only a fucking samurai could go after <laughs> serious black. <laughs> Hagrid, you stupid fucker! Only John Wick could kill serious black. <laughs> Haggard, you contemptuous bitch. <laughs> Goku would destroy Sirius Black. <laughs> that's okay. That's got to be it. Yeah. Uh, absolutely.
Hello, and welcome back. Uh, we were taken out uh, after recording that by a squad of hit wizards. Uh, <laughs> it was a tough fight, but we we prevailed. Yeah. Um, we prevailed because I have such a strong desire here. Uh, a sense of duty, of loyalty, if you will. We mm. know loyalty is very important uh, on Pottermore. Um, to answer Reddit's burning questions. Oh, uh, good. We, they yeah. just have so many, don't they? They have a lot, and they have especially a lot about the Marauder's Map, which was introduced in our reading this week. Hmm. Um, I mean, before I even get into them, like, people fucking love the Marauder's Map. I mean, people love the Marauders, right? And like, sure. this is, like, oh, yeah. the, the strongest thing they ever, I guess, like, the impre- strongest impression they ever left on the book series. Um... Do you before I get into these, do you have maybe a a a sense or an idea or maybe even a worry of like where these questions are going to be going? Well, I hope I didn't ruin them because I know that I brought up the 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 very popular plot hole being, you know, why didn't they see Peter Pettigrew? So I don't know what other questions there could be other than like, you know, I guess like there's that scene in the movie where it's like maybe two characters are kissing. So I don't know what else there could be, I guess. So I okay. got nothing. So I, I, I knew that the, that the plot hole would come up in our normal talk. So I skipped that one. Um, there are a lot of posts about the Marauders map movie fucking scene. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> that's like a good half of these that I had to sift through, but I, I, I I separated the wheat from the chaff here, and I, I found only the finest questions here. Are you ready okay. to help? Well, hold on for a second. Okay, um, all right. Can we talk about the movie Marauders Map fucking scene? Because I feel like the evidence that those t- that whatever two characters are there in that throwaway scene, I don't think the evidence is that they are fucking. It looks like they're kissing. <laughs> like it is so two stupid. characters standing next to each other, like a little bit close, and it's like, ooh, they're kissing. I don't know why people have turned that into like you can see people fucking on the Marauders map. I I disagree with that interpretation. It's yeah, it's um. Well, because they're like in a, they're like standing up first of all. So like, like unless they're very talented, and the like Hogwarts has some like, some like powerful lift fuckers. I don't, I don't know. Like it just doesn't seem all that plausible. Um, and also, it's a kids' movie. Come the fuck on. Like yeah, yeah. Like chill. Will you, will you please chill out? Yeah. Um. Uh, but uh, okay, so we we've put that to bed. We'll probably <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll probably, I guess we'll we'll wait and see to put that one truly to rest when we see the movie. But I sure. I think I definitely do not think that that's what that that effect is meant to be. Um, but that being said, are you ready to answer Reddit's burning questions? Absolutely. All right, we're starting with a doozy. Oof. Discussion slash theory. Oh, why didn't the, the the Death Eaters just create a giant UK sized countrywide Marauders map <laughs> to find Harry? Good fucking question. <laughs> Wormtail certainly knew the map existed and how it functioned. And even if the other three were the ones who created it, he probably knew the method, even if he couldn't do it himself. Voldy definitely wouldn't be able to replicate such magic if required or would have been, excuse me, would have been very easy for them to locate Harry if they did. Any ideas why they didn't? I mean, okay, so 
there's there are like a few levels to this one is is that this is impossible to answer because we literally know nothing about the magic that went into the marauders right we know exactly zero about how this was accomplished um but also we know that harry is magically hidden from voldemort right so this is a moot point either way right like yeah um i do i am kind of laughing at the idea of like voldemort hiring like cartographers (laughs) it's like i I don't know this this is another like video game mission like you're you're like a death eater and you're hired by voldemort to like uncover the map of the uk oh is this a side quest in our game (laughs) yeah yeah you have to like it's you know you have to discover um each each zone uh but it's the entire uk um and you have to you have to meet every person also in the uk um (laughs) to get them to get them on the map so it's like the npcs that you talk to and then that registers them on the map so you can kind of see where they where they are um the first time i read the question i thought they literally meant a giant uk-sized map like like (laughs) like just unfurled it over the entire country that's magical now that's magic yeah i i i don't know like like if 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 the marauders map was just like oh it's an app they made in java or something it might make more sense but like who fucking knows magic doesn't have like any concrete uh like systems in 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 this no not even close not even close um and, and this is like i think this is supposed to be like i hate to give like a real answer but i think this is supposed to be like a pretty impressive bit of magic um that they accomplished that we also just know nothing about. Also the idea that Peter would know about it. Cause he was part of it. Every single thing that we are supposed to think about the Marauders is that he was always the weak link, right? Like, mm-hmm. like they helped him. I don't feel like he probably contributed that much that he would know how to recreate a project that he was like one fourth of. <laughs> Imagine like, like a death eater meeting and like Wormtail goes like goes like you know when i was in school and like everyone just kind of like oh here we fucking go again (laughs) you and your stupid fucking map Wormtail. yeah like how is that gonna go over with voldemort like everything we know about him (laughs) like like is that is that how i'm supposed to imagine their dynamic like they're sitting around and peter's like hey voldemort i have an idea Let me tell you about this thing I made in school. Let me tell you about this school project that I did. (laughs) I just, that's not the impression that I get from him. No, like, I mean, okay, this, I think this is mostly talking about Deathly Hallows, right? But at the same time, I'm just thinking like, like, uh, you know, it was like, oh, master, I've, I've thought of something incredible. When I was in school, we made a map that showed where everyone is in the school. And what if we did that to find Harry? And Voldemort is going, like, I know where he fucking is using Hogwarts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Most of the time, Voldemort knows where Harry is. It's like another, another part of this. It's not that he just doesn't know. He can, like, see through his eyes sometimes, right? Like, yeah. yeah, I don't think that lack of a map is exactly the problem. <laughs> like, like Voldemort, what if Voldemort is just like like 
terminally just like just has like the worst sense of direction and orientation <laughs> ever and so like he can he can like see where harry is but he's just like i don't know where that is like is that north is that south i don't remember where the sun is <laughs> like, yeah yeah he made it to eight privet drive one time but that was just like <laughs> about the best he could do um <laughs> <laughs> oh he, he got to, no he, he like he like shows up and he's like like uh, lily and james i finally found you and someone's like uh like this is this is private drive this is... god oh. fucking oh. probably like like stole stole a car it's like peter pettigrew driving the car up and down the street <laughs> voldemort's giving directions like but the, we've been here before and, and the car the car has a gps and peter pettigrew is like you know <laughs> i when i was in school i'm just saying it's pretty similar makes me wonder God. okay yeah. okay so on this huge like fucking life-size map of the uk um with all of the people in the uk on it who who's gonna exactly pour over this and look at every single <laughs> fucking job? name i don't know what is the population of the uk they're gonna find like harry potter's dot on this map um I, okay here's I, I i'm turning around on this they should have done this but it should have been the project given to peter to keep him out of their way while they did actual death Eater <laughs> stuff like yeah sure that's a great idea peter you do that we're gonna like go do some actual shit <laughs> Yeah, so uh, there are a lot of problems with this plan. <laughs> uh, oh my god! So we spent a lot of time what, on that one. Like, does the Marauders map have a search function? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, okay. it should. Yeah. All anyway, right. let's let's Thank move you. on. We we you know Thank discussion you, slash theory. We spent a lot yeah. of time on that. So uh here's a here's another question this is does the marauders map show animals mrs norris two two questions in one really. okay well we don't know if mrs norris is a cat or a lady um <laughs> and really true. this is the only well, way we that we'd know, be able to find out we do um, know that crookshanks would kick her ass uh i'm i am 99% sure that in the chapter of the Marauders map that we read this week, it actually said Mrs. Norris was on the map. Yeah, it, it absolutely it, does. It, it's in the text. So yeah. Uh, well, yes, and and here animals. we go. Here's, here's the rest of the, here's the body of the question text. Oh, well, I, oh. <laughs> well, I've been reading the series once again, and I realized dot, dot, dot in prisoner of Azkaban chapter 10, the Marauders map dot, dot, dot. It says that dot, 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 dot. Mrs. Norris was prowling the second floor. The thought that occurred to me was dot, dot, dot. Does the map show animals? I never thought it did. Dot dot dot. In that case, Mrs. Norris, like this is just a fucking stream of con. This is a Homestuck character. Like, yeah, like, I I love the tension that this builds with the ellipsis. Yeah, um, but here's the fucking banger. Okay, in that mm -hmm. case, Mrs. Norris could be a witch in love with Filch <gasps> that was cursed by one of the kids. Filch always wanted revenge against the kids for what they did to her. I never thought much more about that rumored story until I read that little passage. Thoughts. Wait, that rumored story? Are they making this story up, or did they read that? At making some point? shit up is not like making shit up on your own is not a rumor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that maybe that's how you start a rumor is you make some I think shit it becomes up and a rumor say it's a after rumor. you've made some shit up. Like, yeah, I don't. Um, well, yeah, I guess um, Mrs. Norris is a lady. I don't. I don't know where that 
where you know she was cursed or, or whatever but i mean we've established on the shrieking shack she might be we don't know if she fought in the battle of hogwarts um <laughs> i feel like it probably depends on if she's actually a lady or not right. um or just a cat um <laughs> I, I don't, I've lost track of the question. I'm just speaking in as many ellipses as possible. Here's the, here's the thing. I, I think that it, the answer is it does show named animals in Hogwarts because it says Mrs. Norris. Like, like that's her name, right? I don't think there's a first name for Mrs. Norris. I think her name is Mrs. Norris. So. Yeah, I think that if the, if the map said, you know, a first name, like if it was like, laura norris then we'd be right. like, yep mrs norris is a is a lady um, yeah well it's like it doesn't say scabbers it says peter pettigrew too so so she can't be in hiding either her name mm-hmm. her name must be mrs norris yeah so so i'm gonna go with no on that one or or yes rather it does show the the map or that does show animals no she is not a witch secretly in love with filch this is uh more evidence uh that the not seeing peter pettigrew as a plot hole being that like there's probably a lot of fucking dots on this map seeing as that all the animals are on it too uh-huh. any named animal like <laughs> yeah um this one isn't a question but i i did want to bring it up this is like a nice sure. little, a nice little uh tidbit in here great the title discussion if harry potter had been set in the u.s the Marauder's Map would probably have been written by Teen Wolf, Ratface, Little Bitch, and Bambi. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, hold on. Are they trying to say that the if if Harry Potter was written or set in the United States, then? then those characters would be Teen Wolf. Sorry, tell me the other ones. Uh, Teen Wolf, Ratface, Little Bitch, and Bambi. <laughs> is that just some American flavor? Is that like, or, or is that like if if James uh, Sirius Lupin and, and Peter were Americans, that's what their nicknames would be because of all, like how crass and... And I think that's the impression. That's the implication here. Mm, um, so, so this is kind of like a. This is kind of a. We see a lot of this in Harry Potter, and it's like the idea that like, uh, like British people are just like so magical and quaint and right and like and like wonderful, whimsical land. Um, but this is kind of the reverse of that. <laughs> I don't know why. So so. Pettigrew gets to be rat face and but serious <laughs> serious right like okay s- wait okay i have to run through them again so teen wolf is lupin yeah. um rat face is peter Pettigrew, yeah and then we have bambi which is prong so yeah serious has to be little bitch <laughs> those th- those don't really seem like cool nicknames that you would give yourself <laughs> like i'm bambi and this is little bitch and we're here to to rock out like <laughs> uh yeah i i've gotta i've gotta say i don't i think that they would like, probably wouldn't they call as Ameri- little bitch if that was like the- <laughs> yeah i, I kind of thought he was a little bitch but um <laughs> I, I don't know i gotta say like i think that if this was if harry potter was set in the united states i think that they would probably just have the same nicknames uh 
but like I'm I'm kind of behind these new nicknames for them, and I I encourage anyone to work this into their Marauders era fan fiction as yeah, a little bit of AU. an American AU um, <laughs> adventure with with Teen Wolf, uh, Ratface, little bitch, and Bambi. Bambi. Um, I just got to say the comment thread here is fucking incredible. Uh, um siva don says there's your problem we tell our friends we love them by insulting them or i did when i was a teen common practice i would guess still amongst boys void walker replies common practice still among bro- both genders griffin whitchurch says no it's much different for girls they compliment each other and praise each other you wouldn't be caught dead saying i love you to your friend if you're a guy unlike girls do constantly Guys are always at each other's throats, but in a playful nature. Trust me, I'm a teen. Voidwalker replies, I'm a teen as well. Girls do it as well. Hell, in some cases, they do it more frequently than guys. Griffin Whitchurch says, just a simple scroll through Instagram comments tells a much different story. It crossed out the name. I crossed out the names of girls in pink and I crossed out the names of boys in blue and they fucking link to screen caps. What? People insulting each other. That and is then, going beyond the call of duty here. <laughs> in this says, I rest my case. Oh. To which, to which Voidwalker replies, okay, well, I clearly don't care about this as much as you do. I'm just speaking from my own experience. Girls from where I'm from do speak like that, but calling each other bitches and sluts at the same time. Uh, and then Griffin Whitchurch says, that's great. I'm really happy for you. I'm just going to go ahead and say that everyone in this comment thread, um, they're all the little bitch of their, um, <laughs> their friend groups. <laughs> oh, God yeah so so i'm a big fan of, i'm a big fan of this au teen wolf rat phase little bitch and bambi and instead of the marauders i don't know they're the, the butt fuckers i don't like like what like, <laughs> like what like what what even do you do you i don't know yeah <laughs> like, yeah i don't like, know the rude the... insulting homophobic nicknames like sure yeah um <laughs> sounds great i look forward to reading um reading those uh those fix so send them send them my way all right well after that uh that very silly question now we have a very serious one are you ready to answer something very serious yeah I'll, i'll put my serious hat on all right the title of this one is serious why is everyone so obsessed with the marauders and a possible book slash movie slash graphic novel slash interpretive opera starring them after taking a poll what was that last one on the list interpretive opera Wait, who are, who's asking for that? I think they're being I think they're being a little Oh, that's a joke. Condescending. Yeah, oh. I think they're why why are all of you people want oh, the Marauders I, so I much? I got really excited. I was like someone out there is is calling for the interpretive opera of the Marauders and I I would take that ha- over I wanted Chris to have Child. them on the show. I was yeah. so excited, but anyway, continue. Sorry. After taking a poll on the front page today, I noticed that its results stated that you all want to see media starring the Marauders. I can only ask why it would be a prequel of the worst caliber possible. First off, we basically know what happens. Sirius and James are friends. They take in Lupin. Then Pettigrew worms his way in. Then they do stuff. They make the map. They pick on Snape. James makes out with Lily. They probably get in trouble and have some laughs. But that's it. And if you want to argue that that's the point of the prequels, then yes, we do know what happens. I counter that most prequels aren't very good. This isn't necessary to the Harry Potter narrative. You know, this is a tough one because I do technically agree. Um, 
technically yeah. Uh, yeah on some on some level of of whatever this person is is putting out there i do not want a marauders era um media again unless it's teen wolf a uh, little bit <laughs> face and bambi i'm not really interested um mostly because i think that everything that happens that we know of with the marauders do serve the harry potter story which has already been told do i think that you could write an interesting story that that uses those characters yes do i think that if they were to make a marauders thing that it wouldn't just be the things that we know happened and are really only the really only matter in the context of the Harry Potter stories. Like, of course that's what they would do. And it would be fucking God awful. Um, unless it's our CW show. Um, you know, if they, yeah. if, they t- if they tell us no to our original idea, which is the eighth year return to Hogwarts idea sequel, then we will settle to do a Marauders era CW show. That's fine. Um, <laughs> But, like, I definitely, like, kind of agree with this person, but I also don't think that they are approaching what people find appealing about the Marauders in good faith. Right. This They are being very shitty about this. And there's a lot more writing here to, like, this will probably... I think this might might like fill in some color here of where they're probably coming from here. This is... Mm. There is so... Okay, I'm I'm saying this. I'm reading this in their voice. Uh, please uh, imagine the ellipses between each word here. Sure. Because they are there. There is so much else out there to look at. Grindelwald's rise to power. Its effect on it, and then the okay. rest of these are all italics on all of continental Europe and the duel of the century between him and Dumbledore. Okay, that's so fucking stupid because using that person's own logic we already know what happens right yes so here's here's uh here's here's another suggestion the first wizarding war voldemort's rise to power and the terror sown with the founding of the death eaters like this is just someone who like doesn't want any gay shit and wants the wars like yeah yeah like like that that's because that's the thing is if you're looking if you don't understand why people like the marauders um but really want to know i just like go to tumblr and then type type marauders and you will realize that it's because it's it's four cute boys that turn into animals (laughs) it's like it's it's like crack to teenagers (laughs) like come on yeah and there's like and then there's another boy and it's snape and he's like brooding and and sad um so i don't it seems like extremely obvious what the appeal is uh yeah i this is a very funny post. The edits are very good. Um, the first edit is uh, uh, a lot of the responses are saying, why would it not be totally awesome to have the Marauders involved in Voldemort's rise to power? Fuck off, first of all. <laughs> and look at them joining Order of the Phoenix, Peter joining the Death Eaters, and James and Lily defying Voldemort. To that I say, go ahead, JKR, do it. Just don't have anything focusing on them at Hogwarts because we've already seen teenagers at Hogwarts. JKR's world is too big. Let her explore. The world isn't that. <sighs> it's like the UK, it, it's, and like uh, it's out. It's it's wizards, but they're in our world. <laughs> That's what Harry Potter too. is. Edit too. To everyone systematically downvoting me, I don't care one lick about karma, oh. but I'm trying to partake in the discussion, and downvoting me because you disagree isn't conducive to that. 
Got him. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have to downvote with honor on Reddit. That's all I know about Reddit. Um, yeah. Is that you have to be honorable <laughs> with your votes. So yeah, so, so that guy, I'm assuming it's a guy. Just I, I don't know what could possibly make me think mm, that. Yeah, who knows? Um, um, but I, they don't want any gay shit in their Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I don't want a Marauders thing, but I, I respect people that, that do. Yeah. I, at this point, getting anything else Harry Potter that isn't uh, Fantastic Beasts would be a miracle, I think. I would be happy to see anything that wasn't more more Johnny Depp Grindelwald bullshit. More ep- epic wizard battle city destroying epic duel, wizard duel, duels. duel of the fates mm-hmm. nonsense. Yeah. Alright. Here's another very serious one. Oh. Why exactly is Harry's generation undeniably weaker than the past generations? Oh shit. Uh, wow. The Marauders, all four of them, made the Marauders map when they were at Hogwarts, and they also became Animagus, uh, Animagus in their fifth year, which is not only very difficult to do in general, but completely outclasses Harry's Patronus. Being an Animagus is an, a, as an adult is far harder than using a Patronus as an adult, and the same applies to Hogwarts years. Snape was also a genius in the sense that he created spells when he was a student. He created a dozen spells, with the most notable being Levicorpus and Sectumsempra, both being very useful and effective spells. Lily was also Slughorn's favorite, and she was said to be good at charms and potions, and for her to be one of Slughorn's favorites, even among the Slug Club, suggests that she's very good, even by his standards. We don't know as much about her, but my guess is that she was a little bit better than Hermione at the same age. Uh, That seems like a stretch. I don't know. I don't think there's anything to suggest that Lily is more talented than Hermione. Um, I do... I think this is such a weird way of going about this, which is that it is pretty weird that all the Marauders made the Marauders map and also could turn into animals, which is like one of the rarest things you can do. Like, I do think that is strange, but to come at it from like, why, why is Harry's generation so weak? Why are these kids such weaklings? (laughs) These fucking millennials are killing the wizard world. Um, yeah uh, i have a theory about snape um i mean i have a lot of theories about snape but my current theory about snape is and magic in general is that um i've noticed that um in at hogwarts they don't teach latin um so i I, my like headcanon right now is that anyone can invent a spell but they have to realize that all the spells are in latin and that's like (laughs) and that's like how how you real like you're like like oh these are all in latin so if i learn latin and just say what the spell does that's how you invent a spell also i i have two two points here one, he invented the sword spell, which I would say is useful and effective. It's certainly uh, uh, scary, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Levicorpus, um, I don't think Snape invented lynching. I think he invented a, a spell that made it like cool for Death Eaters to do, I guess. But like... I would not call that a useful and effective spell. I would say that's probably where I break with Snape. Was like, oh, he invented the the like hanging your enemies upside down spell. Like that's a little fucked, I think. Yeah, I would yeah. not call that smart and cool. I would call that horrifying. 
yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think it's also like a pretty horrifying sword spell, right? It's not just like yeah, like it's I like got... for effect, right? It like flashes blood everywhere and like like yeah, but it's also like hard to heal or something. Yeah. I don't. I'm not really clear. Um, I guess it's pretty cool that he invented spells like a like just nebulously like inventing spells is cool and i guess is he the only one that we really see do that yeah i think he is i think which is very weird if you ask me but i will say that here's an example of something that is very cool and powerful that he does and it's fly Uh, so instead of using those horrible examples of how (laughs) he's very cool how about how he can just fly around at will yeah i'm much more interested in the fact that he can fly and less interested that he like created propaganda tools for the nazis you know (laughs) yeah not cool snape we don't like that um (laughs) not as not as in into that um this is a very very long post i didn't read anywhere close to it but uh to the whole thing but yeah it is uh uh this is putting a lot this is also just like putting a lot of weight on the marauders map like the thing is like i think as the story goes on the context changes in the marauders map seems like a lot crazier in in prisoner of azkaban as is i think it's just like hey these goofballs made a tool for fucking around you know like it's not it's not like presented as like some like it's presented as like interesting and unique but not like holy shit how did you do that like right like it's not yeah i mean these are all kind of i mean both the map and the animagus thing is they are both uh, kind of maybe plot devices that come back and kind of bite us in the ass mm-hmm. as far as like the world is concerned because these these both both of these things really serve the plot of prisoner of azkaban right um, exactly so i guess we'll see how that that is going forward um and then can make a judgment about how how weak millennials are millennial <laughs> wizards these these fucking these wizards would never have fought on the beaches of Normandy with <laughs> with Madame Hooch. I guess, uh, I guess to be fair, like, I mean, this is something that comes up, but in just like a completely different way, which is where I, if I was a young witch and found out that you could turn into an animal at will, that might be my top priority from life. Like, I would be like, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I am, I am dedicating my, my entire life to transfiguration. Um, to figure right. out how to like turn into a cool lion or something. Hell um, yeah. And then it's, and so it's frustrating sometimes to see Harry be so like not give a shit. Yeah. About I, anything. Know, the fact that like his teacher can turn into a cat whenever she wants, I would be fucking losing my mind and like asking how you did that. Like that would be yeah. so badass. Yeah. Teach me how mean, to become a cool I would be bothering McGonagall like snake. every, yeah. every month. I'd be like, when can I, when can you show me how to do this? And it's honestly surprising that like Hermione didn't end up doing that. Cause I think that later on it's, it kind of is that she's like pretty gifted at transfiguration, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah. The, the, they're weak millennials. They're too busy playing with their smartphones. Um, they're playing Fortnite. Um, yeah. So, so that's why. Um, I have one more question, not Marauders related, but it is it is a question uh, to do with Harry's birthday. Oh, um, uh, 
and I guess more to do with his literal birth, this is the most cursed thing I've ever seen on, oh God. on Harry Potter Reddit. And I'm very I, we've sorry. Seen, we have seen and shared many cursed posts. Um, so I am bracing myself for what this could be. Question. How would Snape treat Harry if he was born a girl and looked like Lily? Simple question, just asking, because in the book, Snape dislikes Harry for looking like James. James being a jerk to Snape and Harry looking like him may have shaped his attitude. Just want to know what you think. Edit, she is still chosen one. Okay. Um, let me just approach this from uh, the, the most, the easiest vector that I can possibly uh-huh. come at this. Um, uh-huh. Which is... I understand that the the language that is used in the book is that Snape hates Harry because he looks like James. I'm pretty sure that that implication uh, that we are supposed to get from that without it being explicit is that Snape is pissed that the girl that he was in love with fucked James Potter, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's not literally like, oh, you're James and I hate him. <laughs> right. Like, like, oh, I hate guys with glasses and long hair. I, this is That is just like the the language that is used to uh, i don't know to, to dance the, the, around that yeah sentiment, right yeah i'm definitely with you there i don't think he has like a literal i don't think he's like i don't know he's not like a serial killer that like hunts for people who look like james potter <laughs> you know? i mean he might be a serial killer but um i, right. I don't know um <laughs> uh, so i guess i i will answer if I mean, I guess the, the like the bad answer is like maybe Snape would not have been as mean if Harry was a girl, but maybe he would I have been. I just don't think that's true because he's fucking awful to Hermione. Still, like, like he's yeah. definitely not. Uh, he's an equal opportunity asshole. He doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't just go after the boys in this class. No, I I think that this is this is a horrific question that I hate. Uh, <laughs> with every part cursed. with every part of my being um but i also will want to revisit it in the future because we are going to go through an arc with snape that is going to be him being a mean guy with some old grudges to being an absolute fucking creep weirdo that we're supposed yes. to like believe has a redemption arc so i feel like this is this kind of has players in that way um that are uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. i I will be talking about this more oh yeah we will we have we have so much we it's gonna be fun because while i think we're coming up to the end of cool snape Mm -hmm. uh i am still looking forward to our transition into uh stupid stupid terrible snape Uh, Uh, oh god because it's going because i get to listen to you go off the fucking chain and i can't wait yeah yeah i'm gonna lose it um and and i i guess like in like retribution for having to hear that horrible question um i am going to tell you a little tidbit which is that there (laughs) are maybe probably 100,000 fan fictions um that are all uh, around the premise of Harry being Harriet, um, and, oh, and no. her and her ensuing relationship with Snape. So um, 
that's what you get is that is that knowledge of um, Harriet oh, Potter no. and sometimes Harriet Potter looks like Lily and sometimes Harriet Potter is sorted into Slytherin and uh, and you know the the kind of whatever comes out of that just with, real with good Snape. shit so just um, some if real you, if you're interested in, in seeing how fan fiction authors bend over backwards to make a relation a romantic relationship between harriet potter and severus snape not seem <laughs> weird uh you're welcome to try to check that one out oh uh, well the top, i wouldn't encourage it when i when i say read another book that is not what i'm recommending so please <laughs> Do not take me literally. <laughs> well, the top thread on the subreddit right now is fanfic looking for recommendations. So maybe you should pop in there and let them know about yeah, some I guess, good, yeah, I guess some so. Good Harriet let, Potter. Just, just let them know what's out there. <sighs> well, I think that's that's going to do it for me. That's all my Reddit questions. Uh, our theme music is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. You can check them out on Bandcamp. Huge thanks to them for letting us use that as our theme. You can support us on Patreon uh, for bonus episodes. Uh, we should be recording uh, some new bonus episodes soon, but if you subscribe now, you can listen to our Fantastic Beasts takes and our uh, exploration into the 90s Satanic Panic. Uh, Liz, what are we reading next week? Next week, we are reading uh, chapters 11 and 12, which are The Firebolt and The Patronus. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to broom stats we got a little bit of broom stats in this reading actually he was reading he was reading about the different manufacturers i thought that was cute oh yeah yeah it was um but yeah uh just like harry did there i would suggest please read another book please read another book but there's a lady there makes ocean raw seem tame but i know what you're after if you catch her eye because this hot mama is just a cat in disguise